tries to explain fictional worlds using science. I'm Simon. And I'm Jeff. So, Jeff. <coughs> Simon. One of my f- favorite, favorite television shows growing up was MacGyver. Right, it's a good, it's a good flick. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Like, my, my parents showed it to me, and I was like, I am now going to become obsessed with this. And I rewatched. <laughs> I it. will be the next MacGyver. Uh, pretty much. Like, one of the reasons I went into engineering was because of MacGyver. And I actually, I, I learned that that's actually a really common answer. Like, the, the television. Really? Yeah, the television show that is uh, most tied to the reason people go into STEM fields is MacGyver. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this this will be a fun thing to do an episode on. And I was doing an episode. Mm-hmm. You know what's a big issue with MacGyver? What's that? Yeah, they're too accurate. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I look through probably about 24 episodes worth uh, just loaded up your whole catalog of MacGyver DVDs and uh, no. couldn't find any inaccuracies? No, they have lists of all the ways that he solved problems per by episode. Mm, mm-hmm. Several places on the internet, I learned. Right. So I was just looking at the ways he'd solve problems. I didn't care about the storylines. Mm. Obviously, I already knew them because I started from season one and I was like, okay, I know what's going on. <laughs> Right. Yeah, the issue being is that I, I would I couldn't find anything wrong. He he did everything pretty well. Mm-hmm. So then I was like I and then I told you, I was like, Okay, this isn't gonna work as an episode <laughs> and you were right. like, Well well what episode could we do? And I was like, Well, we could do I think what people described as the least scientific and the the most scientifically inaccurate movie of all time, Mm -hmm. uh, which is Armageddon. (laughs) Of course. Uh, And so so that's what we did. It took me all of 10 minutes to research. Uh, (laughs) Pretty pretty much. It, it, It took me longer to find a page that had enough scientific inaccuracies on it that i could like come up with stuff to talk about then mm-hmm. it did for me to like pick stuff out of that page yeah actually read the page and be like oh well this will work <laughs> yeah this is a this is a, a movie where they had nasa contacts that they mm-hmm. just because they filmed on site on in okay. nasa but they just never asked the scientists about the story points <laughs> about anything yeah yeah for the people not in the know uh me as someone who's never watched this flick will explain uh armageddon is about what like an asteroid heading towards earth yep so instead of sending astronauts up to deal with the asteroid they train like miners yeah like to like become oil, also oil astronauts <laughs> and then send them up to deal with the asteroid because yeah. i guess it's cheaper or something yeah or i don't yeah they <clears throat> they never explain that they're like we're gonna need a <laughs> drilling crew what's the best drilling crew they're like it's this oil crew from texas <laughs> And you're good. They're very experienced in (laughs) vacuum of space, right? Yeah. 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 They have like an in-depth scientific knowledge that would be required to operate in space. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, like any, like any, you know, S tier oil drilling team. <laughs> any, any S tier oil <laughs> drilling team. As we all know, there are tier. There's a tier system to oil drilling teams. Oh yeah, it's real competitive. You gotta really be on top of your camp. Everyone knows that uh, in a lot of cases, S tier is banned in tournament play. Uh, it's just, just it's too, too good. It's people too people it's say it's broken. Good. I don't. Eh. I don't know about that. It, it has Steve Buscemi on it. I don't know if it's going to be broken. Wait, what? Oh yeah, Steve Buscemi's in this film. <laughs> I had no <laughs> you, idea. You know how when you think, you know, who are the actors that I would I would choose to build a, a oil drilling crew, and the first the first one that comes to mind. <laughs> Is Steve Buscemi. Right. I guess the first one that came to mind was Bruce Willis. Uh, although I actually think I would enjoy this <laughs> a lot Steve more. But Steve Buscemi was a close second. <laughs> he was a close second. I think I would enjoy this a lot more if Steve Buscemi was the main character and not Bruce Willis. <laughs> I mean, he can be the main character just in your own headcanon, <laughs> Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, but more so I want Steve Buscemi to be the father to Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah that's pretty much the premise of the film the premise of the film is that it's it's easier to train drillers to be astronauts than astronauts to be drillers um to stop <laughs> which a- i i think might be a flawed premise <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's cla- it's it's now become classic in in at least the area of the internet for being such an absurd premise for a film <laughs> right <laughs> because like astronauts are not like regular people they're, <laughs> they're super people apparently well they're not like super people but they have they're a, a highly specialized in in difficult uh mm-hmm. profession most of them are oh, i'm sorry is is oil driller not a, a difficult profession uh well that easily translates to space flight <laughs> oh well oil drilling at least is f- although physically demanding not particularly technically demanding if you're on a crew maybe if you're the engineer mm. but a lot of it is do things correctly not come <laughs> up with creative solutions on the fly mm. oh yeah yeah uh, anyway, so the, the reason they have to do this is that there's a huge asteroid, <laughs> uh, that's headed towards Earth that's going to cause a mass extinction event, and their job is to, um, their job is to drill into the Earth's, sorry, not the Earth's crust, the asteroid's crust. <laughs> into the Earth's crust to split the Earth in two and let the asteroid <laughs> sail right between the two halves. <laughs> Just right, up and, and there you go. Earth is saved. <laughs> no, uh, so they they have to drill into the Earth's crust. They have to drop a nuclear device into the asteroid. Uh, they explode it, and it splits the it splits the asteroid in two, and the two pieces end up sailing uh, in opposite uh, around the Earth. Uh, so they have right. to like do this and like they have a time crunch because they have to do it before it reaches like this critical zone where the splitting of the asteroid is is not going to be severe enough to bypass the Earth. So you're just going to get two halves hitting the Earth instead of 
so they do also give these people a nuke is what i heard. yeah 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 you know the other thing that you know it's not technically demanding at all handling of nuclear weapons yeah that's, right I, and that's definitely not something that uh astronauts who normally have a background in uh the military <laughs> right who definitely don't have experience actually kind of have heard about <laughs> these before yeah yeah uh, oh man the old days so i've i have i think i've watched this movie twice um okay. i have uh, oh, is it oh, good no it's bad okay uh, okay <laughs> like it's not even like entertaining i remember it being just kind of like a blur. Like you know how you know how people take those images where they like line up all the frames to like a movie and they're like here's the entire movie but every just like the major color of the frame. <laughs> right. Uh that is that's I, basically the the movie to your to your recollection, huh? I, I that's yes. Uh, that's how I remember this movie. It's just like a series of colors. <laughs> that he kind of persists from like a bright yellow to like a dark gray as they enter space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, I do remember a very a scene where Ben Affleck and whoever the lead female protagonist is, uh, mm-hmm. they're like it's supposed to be like a romantic scene where he's like he's like she's she's like half naked and he has animal crackers and he's like dancing <laughs> that is the peak of romance just half <laughs> naked i think exactly but the thing is is that so he like does like does some like sexy talk that isn't really sexy talk right and eventually tucks animal cracker into her underwear as a child all right and as an adult i understand this to be bad for a play because someone is gonna, <laughs> someone is gonna have to deal with that animal cracker eventually so like it's just a little little surprise for later you know like you'll forget about it and then you just you get a little peckish and you'll get there and like oh look animal cracker don't mind if i do <laughs> yeah that that is all i think that is one of the only scenes I remember uh, from this <laughs> from this movie, which is should show you how absolutely just it's not a good film. It just that scene crystallized and informed your you know romantic interactions in the future. Yes, exactly. That's that's what informed my romantic interactions. Not all of the not all the books I read. Just that one scene. <laughs> that's why that's why my current girlfriend's like why do you always bring animal crackers into the bed (laughs) i'm tired of these crumbs everywhere simon i keep on finding animal crackers in all of my underwear (laughs) and i'm like yeah pretty sexy right (laughs) like i mean i guess that's what you're into (laughs) Don't want to take it from you or anything. <laughs> I mean, it would be nice if they just weren't here, but okay. Or if you or if you decide <laughs> to eat them. <sighs> like, there's nothing. Um, it's just such a bad scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that like one poor writer who like that's their thing, 
and you're just dunking on them so hard right now. Okay, okay. This is a time when I feel I am I am fine dunking on them. <laughs> First of all, because they they have like a they have a job as a writer, so they are not doing their job well. Because a, you need to at least think out the practicality of your scene more <laughs> than just writing it. And this is like common amateur writing issues where you're like this is mm-hmm. like a bunch of cool words <laughs> this, this is what does it for me yeah <laughs> <laughs> well it's not even this is what does it. it's just like this seems like something people would do and then if you were to like actually play it out you look at it and you're like well, <laughs> it is something that no human would actually do exactly and then also this movie went through editing and someone saw that scene and was like yes this <laughs> and this, kept it in this fits this makes sense right Let's cut out the scenes where they explain why they have a Gatling gun on a spaceship and keep this scene. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's... Uh, man, this whole film goes on a whole journey, doesn't it? It goes on a whole journey. And it's really annoying because, like, part of it is the fact that they kept Ben Affleck and Bruce Willis, who, like, they're... All, like they're all right actors they're not fantastic they've actually some like very good actors as like side characters in this film like steve buscemi like steve buscemi and it makes no <laughs> sense why they just were like we need a star-studded cast but let's not really give them anything to do <laughs> <laughs> well it costs more money if they learn more lines <laughs> that's it yeah you know you gotta save all that all that Bruce Willis money. You gotta save it up. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> that's that's why uh, that's why Pulp Fiction was so expensive. It was just the Bruce Willis lines. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So let's get started. So the first thing that people seem to have an issue with is um, so the <sighs> this is just gonna be painful. The uh, go on. The asteroid is too is too big, um, for a couple of different reasons. Mm-hmm. One is it's unlikely that an asteroid this size would ever reach Earth or be headed towards Earth. It's also unlikely that we would have so little time to, to notice it notice it because we keep track of generally keep track of the largest objects that are around us uh, for fear of them colliding into the earth that's exactly what it is uh so when there's like a random asteroid it tends to be like about 20 meters across like and and that's like a dangerous asteroid or like at least one that will be like a big flash when it hits the atmosphere this one is is half the size of Texas. <laughs> which... That's a little bit bigger than twenty meters, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, it's 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 quite large. Uh, and the so the other issue with the size of the asteroid is that they describe the impact of what like their simulation, like the the scientists, so the people who are mm-hmm. like worried about this. They're describing the impact as like, oh, there's a bunch of issues with this. However, uh, they they say that it's it'll kill half of humanity instantly, uh, and then the right. other half will die in a nuclear winter. Barring the fact that this is a non-nuclear device, and therefore yeah. <laughs> it's not a nuclear winter. 
an asteroid of this size would is I think the word that was used was sterilize the earth. Uh, because it would literally vaporize... Nah, sterilizes, right. <laughs> it would vaporize <laughs> half of the ocean. Okay. So here's a fun... I get how that sterilizes everybody and everything. You don't... You don't how... You don't get how the asteroid sterilizes the Earth. I mean, the amount of heat that's needed to vaporize half of an ocean... I mean, I get, like, I feel like sterilize is a real weird word to use. Like, you skipped a couple of steps there. Did I? I feel like, I feel like... Well, no, not you. Like, oh. yes, you know, everything is sterilized, but also everything's just already dead anyway. Like, maybe focus on the everything's dead part. That's But that's what sterilized means. Sterilized means that you've completely killed all biologic activity. Or reduced it to a point where it's, you know, like, uh, 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 there's no perceivable impact over the time frame that you're looking at. I have a. I mean, like, do you think the the audience for this particular flick is looking at, like, the actual, like, official scientific definition of sterilize? Like. Oh, I guess not. Well, well, you just keep it simple. Well, that's what they do. I so I sorry. I I should I should explain what I was saying. Uh, the film describes half the planet living through the initial impact, but people okay. who are criticizing the film have used the word "sterilize" as oh, what I the see. impact would actually do. Yes, that makes much more sense. Yes, sorry that that was my fault. I'm I'm just adding your own editorials here without giving me a heads up. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, I was just, it's just, it's so preposterous to me, because, like, the magnet, <laughs> like, this, <laughs> it's, it's like someone has, like, it's like, the, you, you know the Kamel Nanjiani bit, where he's, like, they, they, like, Call of Duty has, uh, 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 uh I can't remember the name of the, of the, like, like, it, they, because they, they have, uh, it, it's set in Pakistan, and they're, like, they're, like, like, they want to like, like, like all the all the road signs are in Farsi or Arabic. Okay. And but the the Pakistanis don't speak Arabic; they speak Urdu. And all they mm. had to do was just like go onto Google and be like, "What's the national language of Pakistan?" <laughs> and it would come up with. But someone was like, mm-hmm. "No, I I know what this is. This is ex- this, <laughs> this is looks this right." This is this moment where someone was just like, what's like a normal size for an asteroid? <laughs> they could have, and then just like, <laughs> gone a little bit bigger. Like, what's an extinction event asteroid minimum size? And that way we won't look like a fool. <laughs> and they, they didn't just, do this. <laughs> uh, multiplied it by a lot. <laughs> yeah, they were like, what's a, what's a size that seems really big? Texas is a state. That's a big thing. Let's do that. <laughs> people people recognize that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if we give people numbers, they won't understand. Numbers are hard. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, a- anyway. Especially when they become very big, like, you know, half the size of Texas big. You just lose your, your frame of reference for that scale. And it I don't means know. nothing to you. I feel like they could have been like, it's the size of Delaware. And I would have been like, okay, that seems like that's a, a big asteroid. I don't know if it's that big. Or they could have been like, like Texas. <laughs> but if they is... say it's half the size of Texas, you know it's big. But also, also, if it's half the size of Texas, I guarantee you that there's a state that is a closer, 
Like uh, uh, that is a a better representation. Yeah, but no one knows the size of other states (laughs) unless you're from that state. (laughs) You know, Texas. You know, California, and you know Florida. That's all anyone knows. (laughs) That's 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 the existence of the United States. Uh, That is sadly true. I feel like people know. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Fair. I I'm I concede the point. <laughs> I still think it's stupid. Yeah, you're right. If someone was like, it's I mean, the... you're right. It is stupid, <laughs> but but I agree. If someone was like, it's the state of Arkansas, and you'd be like, well, you'd go to your computer, and be like, how big is Arkansas? <laughs> right. Oh, what is Arkansas? <laughs> Thank you. Because then... I'm using Ask Jeeves in this era, I imagine. <laughs> it's 1998, yeah. You go on a Netscape <laughs> and you're like, how Ask Jeeves, how big is Arkansas? <laughs> <laughs> oh god, my, my cord com- attached to my headphones is stuck on something. Oh god, that's perfectly normal and fine. Roll with it. <laughs> okay, so here's the issue. We have to explain. <laughs> uh-huh. How does because I we're assuming that everything in this film is is completely scientifically accurate mm-hmm. because there's some kind of nuance that the rest of the world isn't getting or there's something quirky about this world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I guess I guess what would it take to explain how half of the planet lives through <laughs> lives through this. Uh, asteroid impact to die in a in a nuclear winter in a nuclear winter um well i think it's obvious it's the the half of the planet that's opposite of the impact okay okay so you think you think it's just because you know i i i like this idea oh no i i like that idea but i have you can keep talking i'll i'll same idea. Uh, I mean, that was the extent of the snark <laughs> oh, that I had oh. about that scene. Okay. Um, I think I'm trying to figure out how they would try to explain a nuclear winner. I, I, and maybe it's just their like that's the closest approximation they could give to like, and it's going to hit, and there's going to be a giant explosion, and it's going to be very hot <laughs> and uh, then very cold. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, and I, they just gone. I I agree. I think I think uh, I I I I I for at least for the nuclear winter part, I think it's possible that they could just be using hyperbole, and they could be like, "This is like the the only thing that anyone has like any kind of idea about." Like when there's a lot of fallout, there's mm-hmm. also a very cold period because you're physically blocking the sun, and that's right. I think what they mean by that. It's that's not a yeah, nuclear that's winter. That's the best guess I have. For the meaning, so so for for how for how the the uh, the asteroid only kills half the planet. I think is um, so. Imagine the whole. I, I love listening to you wind <laughs> up for this explanation. So imagine the whole world is like a gumball like you know those um the the gum that has like the liquid on the inside no okay well there's a there's a gum i think it's i think it's dentine that makes it it's really gross uh that has like a gel feeling to the inside and i'm thinking like when you bite into it there's like 
What I'm trying to say is that the... Wait, when you bite into the earth? Yeah. There's what like I... a gooey center that comes out? Exactly. What I'm trying to say is that the earth is like a giant sponge. And so okay. I think I think that there's a, a, a large dissipation of the impact that occurs mm-hmm. as you vaporize the surrounding the earth surrounding the asteroid so you're not going the asteroid isn't going from velocity whatever 100 billion to zero Mm -hmm. it's 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 slowly decreasing in in uh or slowly in quotes decreasing in speed (laughs) so uh so Mm -hmm. you you have like this like pocket of of molten earth surrounding it and that is that is Mm -hmm. dissipating the uh the energy so the initial impact isn't as great but the heat generated by it is just as large does that make sense okay i think i see what you're getting at where like the the heat of it like impacting or as it comes close to impacting like just i guess like melts all of the earth yeah and like Here's a better cushions here's a, the blow, I guess. Here's a better analogy. You know the effect you you get when you like stick your hand into liquid nitrogen and then you can pull it out and your hand's not frozen because the mm-hmm. difference in temperature between your, your the mm-hmm. hand and the nitrogen is so great. You create like a bubble of gaseous nitrogen. Mm-hmm. I, I'm saying the asteroid acts like that. Like it 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 creates a bubble of like liquid absorbing material around it that just heats up even more as the asteroid burrows into the earth okay so so instead of a large like i i understand what you're getting at i do not know the physics well enough to to know if that's how that would work i I for sure don't think it is (laughs) yeah but I think it's it's a, a possible explanation given that we actually don't have the makeup of the asteroid we don't know what the asteroid's actually composed of so i think the Mm -hmm. asteroid could also be melting and so you're getting like two melting surfaces colliding together Mm -hmm. so it's not a great impact but there's a ton of heat you just bake half the earth and then (laughs) you suddenly have a bunch of debris everywhere because you've just pretty much vaporized an entire planet (laughs) I think that that's I think that that's what goes that ha- that's that's what happens. We can this yeah. I think that's probably the most phew, I, I hate to say reasonable explanation <laughs> for it, but I think that might be the kind of the best that we have to to keep the other half of uh, humanity alive. I guess. <laughs> alive to die later. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I I think that I am so smart. And I think that I think that what the, <laughs> you sure do, Simon. I, I think that what the asteroid is made out of is like something that we could for sure take advantage of. Mm-hmm. Because they never mention it. They never yeah. mention it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is the one place where we can kind of oh. make up our own canon to to make anything work. I, and even better canon. I, I have an idea. I think that this was like so. I think that this was like a, a stealth attack by aliens. Okay, and that's why the asteroid is so big, and that's why its its com- composite materials are going to be so weird later on in this episode. 
have to use that to explain things. <laughs> okay, so you think it was like created by aliens, then hurled at the Earth, and not just like taken out of orbit from where it is. Yeah, yeah. So it's also an artificial asteroid. Yes, that's like, that's precisely what I'm saying. All right. Well, I mean, the explanation that I had pocketed was that it was going to be a natural asteroid that aliens hurled at the Earth. But I guess we can call it <laughs> well, <it's, laughs> also made by the aliens. It's good that we know that it was for sure aliens that did this. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. How else is that, you know, half the size of Texas asteroids sneaking up on us like that? Exactly. Exactly. It's aliens. It's really the right? option. It's the, it's the it's solution. It's, it's to not ever. even an option. It's the only solution. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I guess... I guess we'll go into, there's a couple of different things. If we want to talk about the Gatling gun, we can. But that is just a fun <laughs> trivia, I think, that NASA stuck a Gatling gun in a spaceship. So, yeah, no well, let's, yeah, let's just touch on it for, for like a second, I guess. Well, there are like, some issues with the Gatling like yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would say there are some issues <laughs> about the Gatling gun, <laughs> for sure. Um why for one so so i had to i had to look it up and apparently there's a deleted scene (laughs) it's just standard issue on all u.s spacecraft where they pretty much yeah they pretty much say it's like standard issue on spacecrafts because they need to do they need it to destroy like debris (laughs) because sometimes you're just bored and you want (laughs) to shoot a cat like uh, yeah. Well, sometimes they have they have like debris and things that are like in the way, and they need to get rid of it. So it's like for blasting rocks, I guess. <sighs> yeah. The issue that everyone comes up with is then like there are easier and cheaper and lighter ways of doing this. Well, that. But then you also have a lot of little rocks to deal with. <laughs> that is very true, and a lot of little rocks that are probably going pretty fast. Just as fast, or probably faster, after you add energy to the situation. Yes. So that's not something that they really bring up, but that is a good point. That's a very crappy way of getting rid of rocks. Because <laughs> also, anyone who's fired a gun knows uh, that you don't really break up rocks with bullets. <laughs> like, they don't... That's not quite how bullets work. They'd probably just flatten. Well, that's why they need a lot of bullets <laughs> with the Gatling gun. That's why they need to just spit bullets at the general <laughs> direction. <laughs> oh my gosh. I guess so. Maybe. I mean, there's also some issues. Uh, so they're on the dark side of, a, of an asteroid. Okay. It's easy to see things there. <laughs> yeah. Also, things tend to be much colder on the dark side. Oh, yeah. Of, yeah. So people keep on saying it's near zero Kelvin. I actually would contest this. It's probably not close to zero Kelvin. It's probably close to four Kelvin. Big difference. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> a big difference because if you're close to zero Kelvin, you're ending entering like Bose-Einstein condensate territory. Uh, at least in my mind, is that well, what I, I mean? At the like... same time, people don't do that well in four Kelvin either. Yeah. Also, metals don't do that well in four <laughs> Kelvin. They do this thing where they—it's uh, called cold welding, where the uh-huh. energy states are so low that 
any metals that have similar compositions will just fuse. So <laughs> if you say a Gatling gun in a barrel, or <laughs> or, or a bullet in a barrel, or also things tend to lose structure unless they're like really, really, really reinforced or heated. Mm-hmm. So this Gatling gun would need to be heated. To you just gotta keep shooting it to not explode. Easy peasy. <laughs> the whole time. On top of that, they also fire it from, like, a Land Rover, and there's no recoil. <laughs> that was going to be the next question. <laughs> like, is it part of the ship, and you just have, like, casings everywhere from all those thousands of bullets you're shooting? And then it's just slowly or drifting off? Or is it just, like, you have someone, like, in a spacesuit on top of the spaceship shooting a Gatling gun, just mounted right on the front uh pretty much that's what it is it's steve buscemi firing it remember i want you guys to keep that image in your brain (laughs) i want to watch just that scene scene. renowned (laughs) incredible actor uh i don't know if he's ever won an oscar if he hasn't he should have steve buscemi in firing a gatling gun on an asteroid in space um right yeah, so there's so that's it's on like it's on like a they have like like moon moon crawlers like the six wheeled um like little like rovers you know what you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like little trucks uh, yeah I don't know what they're called um moon cars moon cars yeah moon pretty cars. sure yeah I think I think that's what NASA really NASA is known for calling things what they are um it, I mean so, they're not great at branding but <laughs> they try their best. It's true. I don't know. Calling something the Mercury Shuttle is pretty cool. Anyway, yeah, because you know, like he's, it's like Mercury is like the delivery god, isn't Mercury Hermes? I believe so. Yeah, so it's like the god of. I don't like, really know their Roman equivalents that well. Oh well, yeah, no one does because no one gives a pile of poop about. Hey, <laughs> you did it. Yeah, I go. I stopped myself. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so there's no recoil from this gun. Uh, People have done calculations, apparently. There's like 10,000 kilograms per newton, you know, uh, impulse uh, from a -hmm. a gun like this. Uh, And it would at least flip the rover, uh, even in, like, the gravity of an asteroid. Mm -hmm. But here we go. This is where our magical alien asteroid comes into play. Mm -hmm. The core of this asteroid right oh wait this might this might eliminate the previous thing we did i was gonna say the core of this asteroid is osmium so that we have like a really really high gravitational field like it's nearly (laughs) earth level mass (laughs) i feel like it like you wouldn't even need to hit the earth if you had that much mass (laughs) like you just if you get it kind of close it's gonna throw off the orbit yeah i i yeah, I guess you're right. Um, fine. <laughs> you win this time, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. So what are we discussing right now? So we're discussing how does the Gatling how gun the continue Gatling... shooting? Yeah. Not flipping off into space? Yeah, there's a couple of different things. One is how does a, ga- fire, a Gatling gun fire in zero or, or you know, low Kelvin, low temperatures? Uh, mm-hmm. We already explained that. They've been firing it constantly since they took <laughs> off uh, to keep it heated. 
It's kind. It's kind of like right. you know, like the German Panzers used to have to be like heated before they started up. So like you have stories of German soldiers like lighting fires beneath their tanks to get them to start up in Russia. Huh. That's what's happening okay. here. I hadn't heard of that before. Yeah, yeah. Panzer tanks were actually that was one of their fatal flaws was that their engines were so large and they were they used diesel that they needed to be mm. preheated or be turned on periodically mm-hmm. uh, to start. <coughs> anyway, so the but the recoil from the gun. How how do we have a Gatling gun that has zero recoil? Um, I mean, is like so it's mounted on the moon car right it's mounted on the moon car uh does the moon car have any sort of like stabilizing that might help it out uh it has tires that's the thing it's got tires it's it's a car (laughs) doesn't have any like maneuvering jets or something to keep it pushed against the ground so here is part of the issue a different issue uh it does have jets but the jets are only in the rear. There's no top or bottom <sighs> jets. Why did I know that that's going to be where they were? <laughs> so <sighs> here's the thing that I I like this idea, and I think it's a I think it's a good idea. Okay. Recoil doesn't necessarily need to be upwards, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe the recoil is downwards. <laughs> I is the delivery that really did it for me, I think. <laughs> um yeah, I can see your, you know, point advanced space force gatling gun. Space force before space force was a thing. Yeah. Gatling gun. Um This was the inspiration being, for Space Force. Yeah, being engineered so it like uh, it like self stabilizes using the recoil or something. I mean, I mean, I didn't think. I think you're giving it too much credit. I think you can actually just flip a gun upside down, and it probably won't yeah, fire. That's engineering it. <laughs> uh, that would be my guess. Have cause... I been using engineering wrong this whole time? I don't know. Maybe. I actually, that's a pretty good, that's an accurate statement of, of my job is just being like, well, <laughs> just flipping things upside down yeah. and seeing if it works better. Yeah. Well, it seems to fire <laughs> upwards. So we'll be like, well, what if we just turn upside down? Maybe we'll fire downwards then. <laughs> because then it's pushing into, I think, the suspension of the, of the car yeah. at least. And that'll mm-hmm. stabilize it a little bit. Um, yeah. So yeah, look at that. Look at that, NASA scientists. Also, Just turn it upside down. Easy. Yeah, feel free. If you think any of these are wrong and you have good evidence for why they're wrong, tweet at us or email Jeff. <laughs> right. Cool. Oh, wow, we actually—I think we did a. I, that was easier than I thought it was going to be because you know, like everyone's just like, "How do you do this?" Everyone was like, "This is a stupid idiot." issue <laughs> like just the internet just devolves into an argument about how to make guns work in space and she's like, just turn it upside down it's easy folks <laughs> <laughs> you'll see this is and this is why we started this podcast because we want everyone to realize that they're stupid and we're smart because <laughs> that's what it is <laughs> yeah we we are big brain you are little brain uh, give us, give us acolytes and money. Um, Mostly the second one. <laughs> I can forgo the first one for the second one. You, you will be an unknown billionaire. 
<laughs> Jeff will be the next Coke brother. Uh, who's who's going to be his brother? He only has his sister. <laughs> I'll so. just get adopted into the family, I guess. <laughs> That's what happens when you get enough money. But it, but not only adopted into the family, you are adopted by the Coke brothers' parents, who are, I'm pretty sure, dead. <laughs> If they're not, That's they're fine. very old. It's just, it's just paperwork. It's it's easy to get around. <sighs> well, that's what happens. You become so wealthy, you go back in time to meet the Koch brothers' parents, get adopted by them. Uh, and it really is just a... a it's a cyclical issue. Fry's situation from Futurama. Exactly, exactly. Because then you use the Koch brothers' money to go back in time. And make sure that right. they adopt you as an adult. Right. Uh, and then, but like, it'd be really cool if you like had like a Back to the Future situation where like one time one of the cycles just random happenstance you get stopped and then you're like slowly disappearing and like your descendant has to go back in time and undo it and undo it. But because like, your descendants still exist even though you cease to exist. Yeah. That's just science right there. Science. That's logical, completely sound science. Remember, big brain, (laughs) you got little brain. If you're... Right, right. Exactly. I'm bound by the constraints (laughs) of space and time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You're you're bound by your limited intelligence. I have the unlimited intelligence, where I can say anything is possible, because... (laughs) And shout at people about how they're wrong when they call you out on it. Exactly. How they, they just don't understand. They just don't have the scientific know-how. Uh, uh, Clearly. I, I really hope people pick up on the fact that we're kidding. This is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> this is a comedy podcast, guys. Wait. We were joking? <laughs> yes, I thought you were kidding? serious that whole time, Simon. <laughs> That's why I was so offended about it. <laughs> There's an issue. So they really, yes. So there's a, a part where they go to the ISS, and it's, it's for some reason there's Russians there. Um, who knows? <laughs> I think that's the the I part in the ISS. Oh yeah, I, but there's like only Russians there. That's what I mean. <laughs> well, they just took it over. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. Uh, NASA was just, they were very busy training these miners to become astronauts. They just <laughs> forgot to send anyone there. Um, right. And Europe was like, we kind of need your space shuttles, NASA. We don't really have our own. <laughs> and then China and India didn't have space programs that were advanced at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, guys. So they have an artificial gravity system. They do the rotating, the spinning ring that everyone knows from uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, obviously. Mm-hmm. Wait, did they add that to the ISS? That's one of the things that they have to do in 1998 is add it to the <laughs> ISS. Right. Uh, the other issue is that the gravity is in the wrong direction. Uh, so like when you spin a when you spin a body, the 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 force should force you outwards. This one mm-hmm. forces them inwards. That's As, challenging. On top of that, it seems to affect also the stationary parts of the ship. <laughs> or not stationary, but at least like the the the, the like, parts that aren't rotating, like yeah, to to generate 
that force. I don't know how to begin putting gravity the wrong way. That one's tough. Yeah, that one is tough. But um, yeah, no, that sounds about right. <laughs> uh, let's what see. If, how could they? What if what they're actually doing? Um, okay, this is gonna be. This is gonna seem a little stupid. It's. It sounds like it's already <laughs> gonna be a real long walk. Okay, so everyone, <laughs> everyone has magnetic shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and the rotating, the rotating of the of the uh, of the uh, whatever the ISS is just to generate electricity. Exactly, because the the what so the generator the, the there's an electric motor in the middle of the spokes mm-hmm. that generates electricity, and and that's what attaches them to the floor. <laughs> so I <laughs> like it. Because it is very dumb. Like, <laughs> here is this situation, and we can just, like, have this spinny bit, and it'll be fine. Or we can have the spinny bit making electricity so we can use magnet boots <laughs> to attach ourselves to the wrong side of the spinning bit. Yes, yes. But you still need the spinning bit, because part of the artificial gravity is that you need to have a force that you're resisting to, like, maintain... Mm-hmm. Like muscle mass and stuff, so that's why the spinny bit does still generate a G force. It's just in the wrong direction. All of their hair should actually just be standing on its head, right? And they probably have a real tough time digesting stuff because it's like they're upside down all the time. You're just upside down all the time, yeah. <laughs> you, you know. How um. How even could they get that wrong? Like, have they never experienced centripetal force again, in their lives? Again, I think what you are you don't understand about this film is that it seems like they really just didn't care. Like, this is like <laughs> like fifth grader night night before project is due, coming up with a film project, right. and then being like, "Yeah, it's good." Like, this is like. My the biology video that I made in AP Bio to explain, uh, I think it was like breathing or senses or something like that. I don't remember. It was bad. Uh-huh. Uh, it made no sense. <laughs> uh, I did it the day before. I feel like that video sounds a lot like our podcast for some reason. Listen, listen. I I found what worked, and I just repeated it <laughs> until it's going to succeed. Uh, right. Yeah. It's the minimal amount of work and just relying on my natural charisma uh, to, to, to make something <laughs> just that... Just natural charisma and vamping until something sticks. Yeah, exactly. I, I am... I can talk about anything for any amount of time. It just might be wrong <laughs> and might not make sense. And I think that that's a special skill I have. That's, that's, that's in my I, back pocket that all It the time. is definitely a special skill you have, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I'm an engineer. <laughs> so, also oh, here's the issue. Here's the thing. I think why, and this is answering another issue. <laughs> I think why. Yeah, I think why doing it that way is a very good question, Simon. <laughs> right to ask that. So, I think you would, you would, you would. Okay, so, so the the speed at which you would need to accelerate that ring 
would would disable people's ability to <laughs> dock with it, right? Here's the thing. Oh wait, are people docking like directly with the ring? There isn't like a stationary part that you can dock with. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> so to dock with the ring, you need it to be going more slowly than it was. Than it would be if it was just generating just just enough G's to, to stick you to the floor. Okay. So instead they by doing it with the magnetic boots and the generator, they can rotate it at a slower slower rate, but they need to constantly be adding energy into the into the system. Um, and hey, yeah, so it just it, it enables people to dock onto the rotating giant ring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and and. The reason they reason they they don't have a stationary part, like originally the scientists and the engineers were like, yeah, well, let's just put the docking part in the stationary part that's just connected with mm-hmm. bearings, so it doesn't move with the rest of the ship, or at least at the same rate. Right. The issue is is that uh, the contractor messed it up. <laughs> they misread the blueprint. They misread the blueprint and they put the docking part on the ring and not on the stationary part. It's a mm-hmm. common mistake with spaceship building. Um, <laughs> happens all the time. Happens yeah, all the time. Yeah, to see it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's really annoying. But by, by the time it's built... Uh, well, I mean, I can I can definitely buy NASA using subpar the contractors? worst, cheapest <laughs> contractor they can find. Yeah. Yeah, it was a dyslexic contractor. Severely dyslexic contractor. He had recently <laughs> had uh, a lot of brain dabblage and um was trying to so give me that one more go it was a it was brain dam- damage um okay it sounds different than when you said it the first time i think if you were to listen back i think i said it perfectly and i definitely didn't purposefully say it wrong but very similar <laughs> uh, uh yeah, so the con- the contractor was like just coming back out from this surgery, and he was like, "I, I think I can <laughs> from do this." From their NASA. coma surgery. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. They had just come out of a coma. People were not sure about their uh, their ability to think and if they had any brain damage from hypoxia. <laughs> but they already had that space helmet on, so they sent them up. Yeah, they were like, hey, you, we we know you. You've done good work for us before. We already trained this contractor to be an astronaut because it's too expensive to train our astronauts to be contractors. Exactly, exactly. Really, I think this, this movie really just demonstrates the fact that astronauts are, are very dumb. They know nothing about anything they're doing. <laughs> uh, they, are, they are essentially just monkeys. It's the... They specialized in the wrong direction. You exactly. got specialized in something else, and then become the astronaut. Exactly. Life is like uh, life is like an RPG, and they sunk all of their ability points into like totally meaningless, uh, <laughs> like fitness sense. and intelligence. And yeah, like they they when they got their little special book, they sunk all of their all of their points into luck, and then just didn't uh, allocate the next five <laughs> points. Right. Obviously, that's what's so, that's <laughs> the what, only explanation. That's the only explanation, um, and that's why the rest of us aren't astronauts. We're just not lucky enough. Well, yeah, we're just not lucky enough. <laughs> <sighs> 
All right, I, I I think we did that right, right? So um, I mean, I think we did the best we could with what they gave <laughs> us. So here's uh, uh, an issue, um, and I think that this is, um, I think this is pedantic, but hey, that's right up our alley. But people, so people seem to have this issue where once when they dock, they are refilling, refueling, refueling. Yeah. <laughs> You know, because they, yeah, they had to, this is the thing, uh, um, never mind, it's, it's stupid. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's, so they're refueling at the ISS, and they're filling their tanks with oxygen, which is, like, their fuel, okay? Okay. People are like, that's not the fuel. Hydrogen's the fuel. Oxygen's the oxidizer? I would just mm-hmm. like to put this straight as a chemist. Okay, oxygen is also the fuel. Like, there's not a difference between the, like, you can't, it's not like if you have no oxygen and hydrogen, you can still mm-hmm. take off. Like, that's not how fuels work. Right. Oxygen is also a fuel. It's just not generally called the fuel because it's normally in abundance. <laughs> but in space, it isn't. It isn't. So I think that that's pedantry. However, the issue is, is that they only they only put oxygen into their tanks and no hydrogen. <laughs> There's, uh, they have engines that somehow run solely off of liquid oxygen. I think it's it's less that the engines run solely on liquid oxygen, and it's that it is, for whatever reason, easier to get the oxygen up there to like refuel and just have like a larger hydrogen store. On the ship, because obviously hydrogen's lighter. Yeah, right. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I like that. I'm, I'm completely fine with that, actually. Part of it is I just wanted to get people back for saying that oxygen is not a fuel. That's the, that's the most ridiculous <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> this is Simon's soapbox that he's shouting at the masses from. Yeah, that's like that's like NRA, guns don't kill people, people kill people kind of, <laughs> kind of logic. Give a man a platform. <laughs> And I will take that platform. <laughs> and I will show you how your pedantry is stupid with my own pedantry. <laughs> all right. That's all we do here. So That's all we do here. There are a few other things that are wrong with this, though, based on the oxygen front. <laughs> Just a couple. So they end up crash landing on the asteroid. Uh there's some other issues, but they they end up crashing on the <laughs> I mean, the crash landing sounds like a pretty bad issue. Yeah, like, when they're leaving the ISS, there's, like, something goes wrong. Who, and probably because they don't have actual astronauts <laughs> on the ISS. They have miners. <laughs> they don't have anyone who's actually trained in any of this equipment. Yeah. Anyway, there's, like, an issue, like, they do so, like, they end up destroying the ISS. There's some issues that people have with, like, oh, they'd be sucked out during all these different scenes. We'll say that, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe there's, like, a, something some weird is going on. It's not what happens. Uh, it's the magnetic boots. That's why they don't get sucked out, because they're not stuck to the ground by gravity. They're stuck to the ground by magnetic boots. <laughs> Voila. I mean, we have already established the magnetic boots, so I will... I will allow it, I think. There you go. So anytime people are like, you missed this part, we'll be like, nope, magnetic boots. Um, <laughs> this is surprisingly the one thing that they did well, <laughs> sticking with the cannon. <laughs> exactly. Well, that that and and the aliens that you don't see uh, ever in, or mention ever in the entire film. Uh, 
Right. Well, that's for the sequel. Oh, yeah. They had, a, they had to line it up for that. That's Armageddon 2. This time it's Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the subtitle for it. It's uh, real good. It's real good. Uh, I would watch that. If it was like a purposefully B-movie movie, I would... <laughs> just this time it's Aliens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's really just Independence Day. That's... Armageddon 2 is yeah. Independence Day, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I I just now I'm just thinking about Independence Day. Anyway, so the next the issue is the spaceship crash lands on the asteroid, and uh, problem with this is that their chunks of the of the spaceship are burning, which <laughs> like on the surface of the asteroid, the outsides of the ship is burning. Yep, I feel like that's like this is a common issue with with people who make space movies. Um, oxygen the mm-hmm. fuel that is kind of necessary for a lot of combustion not all combustion mm-hmm. but a lot of it or for i guess the most common forms uh it needs needs to be there <laughs> <laughs> it needs to exist yeah uh and well, clearly the asteroid just has its own atmosphere uh, yeah i i don't i guess maybe um i feel like you need <laughs> to have like a bigger a bigger gravitational pull to have an atmosphere that's uh, at least significant enough that you could burn. So you say uh, atmosphere, pure oxygen, like all all of the atmosphere is oxygen and it's just very light. I guess, or maybe it's just the when when the ship crashed, all that refueled oxygen spilled out onto the asteroid, and so it's just like a little bubble, momentary bubble of yeah. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, that's what I would say, too. The only other idea I had is for, is like, for some reason they have, like, a different oxidizer, like, I don't know, a halogen or something like that that's, like, in a mm-hmm. solid phase on the planet. And the heat that's being released is, is causing it to um, combust. Mm. Or, like, uh, I don't know. You use a whole bunch of oxidizers, guys. Take your pick. <laughs> <laughs> one of them's bound to be there one of them's bound to be there. yeah it's just in a solid phase and the heat from the fire that's being generated is is causing it to combust and then combust with the organics um that are apparently also there with whatever the reducing <laughs> agent is there take your pick there's plenty of reducing agents mm-hmm. or maybe i have that backwards uh i might have that backwards but either way i'm sure that there's oxidizers <laughs> and reducers there and there you go, you get combustion. Mm-hmm. Voila. It that is a little was easier than I was expecting it to be. It was, too. I'm just assuming that the materials that they're using that are on the asteroid and in the spaceship are very weird. Like, maybe they got a lot of... <laughs> maybe they got a lot of, like, transistors, and so there's a lot of phosphorus up there. Right. And, like, some gallium. And they're like, hey... <laughs> this will be fine. This will be fine. Yeah. This is how, this is how spaceships work. And they cause large flames. Like, you need a lot of mm-hmm. transistors. <laughs> they were transforming transistors. <laughs> they just forgot to drop them off at the ISS on the way. <laughs> well, because there, the, there was the accident. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah, they didn't get to it yet. Yeah, they didn't get to it yet. Anyway, I guess, I guess the... Um, I guess the last thing we could talk about... It's just there's... It's just such a not a good movie <laughs> the last thing we could talk about is probably um when they're when they're actually like if anyone's ever seen oil drilling 
the thing you'll notice is that there's a crap ton of water. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's because the way you the way you drill is you you mix the 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 earth with water while you're drilling into it, uh, and it creates like a slurry, and that allows you to suck it up so that you can mm-hmm. re- you know remove the earth that you're trying to remove because it doesn't just magically go away when you drill. Uh, right. They don't have that in this. They just have a dry drill going into the earth. Just real, real rough, hard drill. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it would make sense if it was like an auger, obviously, because augers would, mm-hmm. would would bring the earth up and then you pull it out. It. Yeah. Uh, but it's not. It's not an auger. It's a drill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. Can we make anything work? Where like? Well, remember this. This this asteroid can be made out of anything we want it to be made out of. <laughs> With. It's less gravity rather than just all of the, like, drilled debris sitting at the bottom of the hole. It, like, floats out of the hole. So people thought about that, and they said that the the gravity of the asteroid is actually significant enough yeah. that it would it, it would pull the, the debris into the into the hole. Yeah, it's... Oh, can they, like, blast, like, some, some gas down there to... And then, like... Blow it out s- enough... And then, like, suck it up. Yeah. You know what? So, I, yeah, I guess ooh. we're just using, like, gas rather than liquid. Yeah, I, I like that idea. I like that idea partially because if they did it, they could do, like, a fluidized bed. Um, if they, like, so they, like, they, instead of drilling, kind of the way that we, like, so they are drilling. But really what they're doing is they're, like, powderizing. Powderizing? Mm-hmm. That's the word, right? I don't think so. <laughs> Making a powder but. out of <laughs> whatever that adjective is, yeah. or verb is that, that verb making a powder out of the earth, the the asteroid ground, um, and then what they're doing is they're doing like short puffs of air to fluidize mm-hmm. it so that it's it's in a suspension, so that the the mm-hmm. gravity that is pushing down on it and the force of the of the buoyancy force essentially or the the not buoyancy force, but the the uh, the force of just the air pushing up on it uh, is the same. So it acts like it's a fluid, and they're doing that to suck up the debris. Mm-hmm. I like that. That makes sense to me. It's that's kind of a terrible way to do it, but I'm sure there's a way to do yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's like the that's the subtitle to this show. This seems like this is a bad idea, but I'm sure it's possible. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense to me, actually. I, I'm, I'm going to go with that. I don't know if you have mm-hmm. an issue with that. No, I'm just glad one of my ideas stuck this time. Hey, I mean, a bunch of your ideas stuck, because you also came up with the burning, the burning one. Oh, yeah, I did do that, you didn't did, I? You did do that. And we've already discussed it. I'm on a roll. We've discussed a couple of these things already in other episodes, like banking spaceships. We decided that it was just like, like it was just how spaceships flew, so that you could train people on Earth to fly them. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? That seems like that's also a that seems like a bad idea, but I'm sure it's possible <laughs> kind of right. solution. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's all I had. Oh well, there was one thing. One thing that people kept on mentioning for some reason is that they show uh, the the asteroid take or the asteroid takeoff the spaceship takeoff mm-hmm. um every, there's actually two spaceships but they show they show both of them taking off everywhere around the world okay the issue is that it's daylight everywhere 
<laughs> so obviously, oh, I feel like that's just people weren't watching it live, and they like woke up in the morning, like, oh yeah, those weird American drillers are gonna do a thing in space. Let's watch that. I I agree too. I think I think that NASA didn't communicate what they were doing to everyone and they were just like oh yeah we're sending spaceships it just had to catch up with their news cycle with like the local news cycles yeah it's it's been like six months and they were like oh and now we're sending astronauts into space (laughs) well they also didn't publicize it at first because they didn't know if the whole training drillers thing was going to work out that's a good point yeah you don't want to cause mass panic yeah they didn't want to like hey we're going to save the world with these dudes. With Steve Buscemi. If it, if it, with Steve Buscemi, <laughs> uh, just in case it doesn't work out, you don't want, like, those six months of blowback before the asteroid does kill Oh yeah, people. Yeah, you don't want people being like, hey, why don't you just train astronauts how to be miners? <laughs> <laughs> because we've committed to this way, <laughs> and now it's too late. Thanks for bringing it up now. This is why whenever you're about to do a project, you hide it so that no one can criticize you about it while you're doing it. It's only afterwards. exactly, And then you can criticize Mm -hmm. them for not bringing it up afterwards. Yeah. Obviously. Simple. Obviously. Boy, I'm I'm excited about the uh, Armageddon. About watching this film again with uh, brand new eyes. No, I would never. I would never subject myself to that level of delirium. (laughs) I am kind of excited about finding the Steve Buscemi on a Gatling gun scene on YouTube here soon. I have no idea what the scene... Again, I do not remember the scene. So you may be very disappointing and it may be great. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry if it's disappointing. I'm sorry to get your hopes up. Uh, I'll pretend like it's exciting anyway. Um, (laughs) You're like, oh, right, Steve Buscemi. (laughs) <laughs> um do we have anything else is that it i think i didn't think that's it i think do we're we, at, like an outro yeah sure we could outro sure cool did we want to start by just talking in circles for like the 15 minutes like usual or do we want to just jump right into it i i think we could just jump right into it i think we got we got our outro we got, got our outro down now after what 50 <laughs> something episodes yeah after like a lot of episodes <laughs> Um, alright, so yeah, where are we at? We are Pedantic and Wavium. We exist on the internet on our very own website called PedanticAndWavium.com or, if you're lazy like us, PedanticHW.com. Uh, we're on the YouTube at, I think, just Pedantic and Wavium. We're on the Twitter at P and Wavium. Uh, I think we're actually we PH... Got? Or P Handwavium at P Handwavium on Twitter. Yeah, I think it was at P Handwavium, yeah, right? I think it's P Handwavium. Uh, uh, what on else? YouTube. We are on like every podcasting app you could hope to find somebody on. Yep. So, I mean, I imagine you found us already, but you can continue finding us if you'd like. Yeah, and and you can um, like suggest this to your friends and know that they're going to be able to find us. And if they if you bring it up later to them. And they're like, oh, yeah, uh, I couldn't find them. You can know that they're liars and they don't <laughs> care about your feelings or the recommendations you give them. Or our feelings. Or our feelings. You're good friends. <laughs> yeah. We're better friends than that friend is. And so you should 
join our cult of personality and <laughs> leave your friend. I feel like that's the best advice we could give in that situation. I, I mean, yeah, it's the only option is to join us <laughs> and abandon your friends and family who we disagree with. Right. There's nothing wrong about that. All right, so weird cultish mind controlling <laughs> aspects aside just ignore those don't think too deep about it yeah yeah uh do we have anything else uh we got joe oh, Sobchak. Mm-hmm. thank you for our theme music yep 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 uh i think that was it right i believe so all <sighs> right cool well good night everybody we had a great time i'm gonna go watch a very specific scene on youtube <laughs> i'm sorry i talked so much during this episode I, I, everyone's used to it. They come here for the dulcet tones. The dulcet tones. Simon shouting into his mic. Yeah, the, the, uh, the Great Lakes honk. That's what they come here for. <laughs> uh, alright. So I think that's it. Goodbye, everybody. Good night. We love you. I'll see you in two weeks. Bye.